in uh, recent months, a very good friend of the church and someone that many of us know, he let us know that his mom was seriously ill. She was struggling with a breakthrough and it was serious enough where she was taken into the hospital. It was, it was unexpected because she was mostly a pretty healthy person before the illness, appearing to be your typical invincible mom, trying her very best in a single parent household to give her children the very best spiritual environment that she could and to give her children the best opportunities in life. So as most families do when there's serious illness, the family pulled back for a bit of privacy. But it worked out where a staff member and I got the call one morning that we would be allowed to go into the hospital room. I'm sharing this account with you today because perhaps you've been in a similar circumstance or you're facing similar difficult situations. Because my friends, what I can say is what I saw in the hospital was totally heartbreaking. Our friend's mom was very, very ill and was told it could be terminal. And that kind of story is always a shocking reality to deal with. So we asked him, how was he doing? And he simply said, it's hard. And this is coming from a brother and a child of God who has a deep, deep relationship with Christ. So we prayed for the family, we prayed for the mom, and left. And to tell you the truth, when I left that hospital room, I honestly felt God was in this, and that we were going to see a pretty amazing miracle in spite of the really grave situation we were facing. So later that night, the same day, we got the dreaded phone call. We've lost mom. And that's all he could say to me. An absolutely devastating and heartbreaking moment for anyone to experience. So I went back to the hospital to spend some time with the family. And we stayed close in the days that followed. But the response I got each time I asked him is, how are you doing? The response was always the same. It's hard. The question he was probably asking again and again that he didn't say to me, but that I was asking myself, which is, why God? Why? Why this immense burden on children of Christ and with absolutely no warning? My friends, I wish I could say to you tonight that a new life in Christ removes the possibility that all your close relatives and friends will skip dying. I wish I could say to you tonight that being in Christ eliminates illness, difficulties, poverty, mental deterioration, feeling down, that there will be no further unemployment in your life, that all your relationships will be strong ones, that no one's going to say horrible things to you, no one's going to hurt you, that family squabbles will be a thing of the past, that your boss or your work colleagues will treat you fairly. But I can't do that because we continue, my friends, to live in an imperfect world where we're in it, but we're not of it.
But we do have a wonderful, reassuring promise tonight from God. That my friends, although weeping may last tonight, joy comes in the morning. You see, my friends, joy does come in the morning. The challenge is how do we live this out while we're still in the weeping stage? You see, Christ never promised to eliminate our difficulties and challenges. But he did promise to be with us through every type of situation. And he did promise his victory in every one of your circumstances. He did promise that all things work for those who are in Christ. All things work for good to those who are in Christ. And to those who love him. Even when your personal circumstances don't seem to add up. My prayer is that family and close friends' bereavements is a long, long way off for most of you, all of you. But I don't know what's upcoming, what tragic and serious situations are coming up for you to have to deal with. The truth I want you to lay hold of tonight is something you've heard many, 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 many times. And that is, he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. No matter what the situation might be. My prayer for you tonight, particularly the students who you saw walk through the prayer tunnel, is that this is a new, almost a new revelation tonight because you're going to need this revelation that he's never going to leave you, he's never going to forsake you. Some tonight are in here because they've completed an eight-week period of amazing changes, but for others, maybe God's calling you to a period of change. You won't be able to maintain lifelong changes and lifelong freedom from doubt and negative thinking unless you grasp this reality that he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. How's our friend doing today? So this is a couple months later. When I ask him the question, he still says, it's hard. Reflecting the reality of life and humanity, of traumatic situations that affect us so deeply as he works out a new life without mom. And what it means, the reality of a deep loss when friends and relatives go back to their lives and go back to their jobs and you have to face an empty bedroom. But he's moved on to new work as he's working out this very difficult situation while seeing new mercies every day. And we pray for him. So it's in these difficult situations, my friends, you have to really work hard at accepting our lives that God is really good all the time. Okay, I know we sang that this morning, but I'm talking but more than just reciting God is good all the time. It's really knowing and believing that God is good all the time. And I will submit to his perfect will, whatever that perfect will might look like. Not my will, but thine. And your will, O oh Lord, is always perfect. Give me the eyes to see, align me perfectly to what your perfect plan is. Even if it's completely different from anything I'm thinking about 
or picturing right now. So loads of congratulations tonight to the graduates of Keys to Freedom and the many, many you saw. We met on eight consecutive Wednesdays, somewhere between 150 and 200 people. You've made it through eight tremendous weeks of new friends, new revelation, and new habits. And we had a chat this week about how to ring fence and protect our experience and to preserve and protect what God has done to us. But what I'm about to say doesn't just apply to the graduates. It applies to everyone who's listening. They're still in your life. Could be upcoming moments of discouragement, disappointment, pessimism. Someone may offend you. Or that feeling that life simply is not fair. As we wrapped up the training this week, we agreed on some critical things. Actually, we agreed on three critical things to ring fence what God has, ring fence what God has done in setting us fully free. One, staying in the scripture, particularly those scripture verses where you speak your authority in Christ. Secondly, working on improving your prayer life. And thirdly, immersing yourself in this pretty amazing family that we call church. You see, my friends, if you picked it up in Pastor Mark's prayer earlier on, the enemy knows what's transpired over the last eight weeks. And he is out to steal, steal, kill, and destroy, and to take away from you what you think is yours. Although we still have to deal with unhappiness, offense, anger, frustration, negative thinking. God still wants our life to be lived to the fullest. We must understand that promise. John 1.5 says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We need to grasp verses like these. Our promise here is that the light's shining in our lives. It remains bright at all times. And that light's not going anywhere, regardless of your individual circumstance. So my friends, I would recommend have some promised scripture readily handy so that you can throw it in the face of the enemy whenever complacency or doubt sets in. Declare verses such as, I am more than a conqueror. God's will will not return, God's word will not return void. It is finished. The work is done. I am a child of God. I will fear no evil. New mercies I see each day. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I have resurrection power. I may be struck down but not destroyed. Puzzled, perplexed, but not destroyed. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Grasp that, my friends. These verses need to be in your weapon box, easily handy, ready for battle at any moment. Remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood, it's principalities, spowers, spiritual forces of evil in high places. It's a battle that's very, very difficult to be in because you can't see the enemy. But you have the toolbox and you're equipped to stand against it. You know, sometimes I find as Christians, when the topic comes up of improving our prayer life, 
or scripture reading. It can feel like an oversimplistic encouragement of something we're already doing. But I think it's wise to once in a, in a while to really, I'm talking about really, honestly, assess how are we doing if you really want to live in lifelong freedom. So, for example, are you pushing through in prayer like the persistent widow in the scriptures? Or are you just squeezing in prayer in a few seconds wherever you can on a daily basis? Are you really serious about growing your intimacy with God? If you are serious, how serious are you? We're fortunate we live in an age where in our phones and devices, it's a touch easier these days to access the Bible and to pray wherever you are. So you can do it in the bus, you can do it in the train, you can even do it in a queue waiting for your GP. But I do recognize when I look around at a crowd like this that some of you learn a little bit more effectively with something physical in your hands. So a physical Bible or a Bible reading plan. And by the way, Evelyn will have that book available at the end that Pastor Mark mentioned. So if you feel like you need something physical, a better Bible, a Bible reading plan, some good resources, please don't keep that thought to yourself. Come speak to one of our leaders and we'll facilitate you to some pretty amazing resources. On praying, Jesus gave us the perfect model of prayer through the Lord's Prayer as a start. And in fact, it's kind of like, it's a shell of a prayer where we can fill it in with our personal circumstances. But when I look around a room like this, I recognize that different people in this room might pray differently. Some are quiet, some like loud. Some pray through the scriptures, others pray through worship and music. Some can identify the prophetic, prophetic verse we need right at that moment. Others love to prayer walk. And others are so gift, gifted at interceding and pushing through and pushing through. And thank you for all the grandmothers and grandfathers who have prayed for us because that's the reason we're here, my friends. If you are serious about living a life of lifelong freedom and in victory, my friends, we simply have to find and make sufficient time for a pattern of quality prayer and scriptures. Today, just simply, I want to leave you with three things that I'd like you to remember as you prepare for lifelong freedom. And it's not just a joke reaction to a sermon or a service or I've been to a training course or a one-off experience. We want to do this where it's lifelong. Point number one, see your victory. Be able to visualize your victory. Even if you have to close your eyes to do it, see the victory, claim the victory, even in those moments when you are low, even in the, those moments where you just don't feel like it. My friends, take your authority in Christ. Understand who you are in Christ and take up that authority. Lay hold of what he has already given to you. Close your eyes and repeat it until you believe it. I am victorious. I am a conqueror. In fact, let's say it together. Say, I am victorious. I am victorious. Say it, I am, I am a conqueror. Say it like you believe it. I am a conqueror. Am a conqueror. Christ never promised us an easy life, but he did promise to be with us through thick or thin. He did promise us the victory. How do you think Joshua felt when he walked around the walls for six, day, six days in, of Jericho and nothing happened? How do you feel Ruth felt when in a foreign land and 
her husband and father-in-law die, and she's stuck in this foreign land, and could be a pretty depressing woman. It could be easy for some people to run back to their home country. Samuel was disappointed in Saul. And David, young David, small David, took on Goliath. What's your giant Goliath? Do you want to know how to defeat your giant Goliath? Harness your mind. Harness your thoughts. Harness your heart to see and claim victory. Replacing any mindset that thinks of defeat or that it's not going to happen. Point number two I'd like to leave with you. After you see the victory, speak out the victory. Speak it like you mean it. Speak it like you believe it. Even in those moments when you're down. When people say hurtful things to you and about you. You see, we can't stop other people saying things about us. But what we can control is our response to it. We 100% own our response. So you speak like a conqueror. And speak the promise word over every situation. Speak over your thoughts of defeat. Let's say it together. I am a child of God. Uh, you're not saying that right. I am a child of God. That's good. I am a conqueror. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. So see it, visualize it, speak it. Thirdly, do something about it. Step up. Rise up. Turn to the person to you next to you and say, step up, rise up. You see, my friends, victory is in my responsibility. Part of it's my responsibility. I have to start living it out now. So seeing it, speaking it, I now need to practically make it happen. So one simple example, which I think each of us can do, is an assessment of how you actually spend your time each day. And ask yourself the question, how much God time is actually in your day? It's amazing how many other things can suck time from your precious day. How many of you can relate to a simple look at your phone and to social media, turning into hours and hours of scrolling through mindless videos and websites, adding absolutely no value to your life? Mindless TV and Netflix shows. Long, long conversations with people that do nothing Nothing to contribute any value to your life. My friends, take the practical steps forward with the mind of Christ. Arrest negative thinking. Replace it with thoughts of victory. So see it. Speak it. Do it. When I look around this congregation tonight, I recognize that many people are newer to Kensington Temple. Particularly, I find, in the 6 p.m. city night service, we just have a higher proportion of new people. And we know in the early weeks of attending a church, people tend to be observers, watching the pastor, assessing how he's preaching, watching the worship team, assessing the hospitality and friendliness of the congregation and the stewards, and trust me, they complain about that. But I, I recommend to you, if you're one of those, and I know... We had several in our eight weeks course where people 
had come into the church quite recently. If you are new, I'm recommending take your plunge into the church. Move from simply observing to actually belonging, actually participating. Chat to a few people. Come meet our pastors. They are so open at the front, particularly the under services. Join a discipleship group. Join a ministry area. It will make a huge difference. And later on, if you're struggling in this freedom, it will be massively encouraging having people around you. Or go further. Find one or two trusted believers that you can have full, full and open accountability to. Sharing your plans, sharing your difficulties, and praying you together through to a victorious life. You know, this picture of fellow believers genuinely caring for one another is biblical. And it's what the church was all about. Not only does it help us in here to walk in freedom, but it demonstrates to those out there and those around us what walking in love is really all about in spite of our individual differences. So to wrap up these short thoughts tonight, you have a choice. You can choose to live a life in victory. You can choose to maintain lifelong victory moving forward in grace. Over the last few days, while I've been preparing for this, and even today, I felt it quite strongly. I believe Jesus is saying to some of you, do you want to overcome your victory tonight? Do you want to overcome your obstacle tonight? Do you want your victory tonight? My friends, God has amazing things in store for you, but you have the power to respond. Leave the past behind. Stop holding on to negative things. You know, your victory could be much, much closer than you think. If you're in the midst of a setback, perhaps it's a temporary setback. That is not your permanent place. That's not your portion. Take your rightful place, friends. Take up your authority in Christ. See it. Speak it. Do it. Let's wrap up with a couple of scripture verses. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Thanks be to God who always leaves us triumphantly as captives of Christ. Wonderful words. Always leaves us triumphantly. Deuteronomy 31.8, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Regardless of your circumstance, I'm not going to leave you.